the email list is by far the most powerful direct response tool. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey there, listener. Welcome to episode 57 of Traffic Jam. I'm your host, James Reynolds, and you're tuned into the podcast that helps you increase your website traffic and build a profitable business online. Now, before we get stuck into today's content, I want to acknowledge Tab Mandu from the USA for leaving a five-star review for the show. Now, it reads, amazing. This is one of the best digital marketing resources. Each episode is concise and actionable, not bewildering or intimidating, and you can get something from every single show. James occasionally answers, um, yes, great, but he has significantly helped my career, so I'm indebted to him. Keep it up. Well, thanks, Tab Mandu. I'm certainly going to keep an ear out for my ums and ers from now on. Anyway, I'm chuffed this show is helping you. If Traffic Jam is helping you get ahead in your career or business, please leave a review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Now, it really is the best way you can show your appreciation to everyone who puts these shows together. And that's not just me, but it's my show editor, it's my illustrator, and of course, the awesome guests we bring together for each episode. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. Now, before we get to today's guest, I want to let you know that there's a special bonus training to accompany this episode titled Six Easy Ways to Build Traffic to Your Blog. And you can get your hands on that training by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 57. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number five seven, where you'll also find the full show notes for this episode too. Now, if that wasn't a big enough clue, today's topic is, of course, blog traffic, how to get more of it, how to convert more of it, and all whilst working less. Now, Yarrow Starak has been blogging for 10 years now, and during that time, he's tried a number of blogging business models, including affiliate marketing, ad space sales, and information publishing. Now, the one for which he found most success was the publishing medium, and he spent the past several years helping others turn their expertise into a profitable online business. Now, today, Yarrow helps people set up their own blog sales funnel, a system that combines blogging with email marketing to build a platform to sell your own digital training products online. Now, Yarrow is going to be sharing on this episode how he drives more traffic on conversions through his blog using the blog sales funnel. So listen in and enjoy. So here we go. It's Traffic Jam episode 57 and this is Yarrow Starak. So hey there, listener, welcome back. You're listening into episode 57 of Traffic Jam. And of course, this is the interview section. And today we're joined by Yarrow Starak. Yarrow, how are you doing? I'm great, James. Thanks for having me. 
Stoked to have you on the podcast, as always. Now, I don't normally give my guests the opportunity to intro themselves. I normally do that for them. But seeing as you've got a website called Entrepreneur's Journey, I thought it might be quite nice for you to give us a bit of an overview of your business and tell us about the journey of kind of how it came to be, what it is today. Uh, you know, the longer I live, the longer this story is, James. So <laughs> I'll try and give you the short version. Uh, I, I went online in 98 as part of my university studies, a good old-fashioned dial-up internet account, and consequently fell in love with the internet. Uh, my other passion at the time was a collectible card game called Magic the Gathering, which some of your more geeky audience, probably males, will be familiar with. Right. Uh, it's a competitive <laughs> card game I used to play in high school. Uh, it's a bit like poker in the sense that there is a, a tournament series where you can make big money. Not big money on the poker scale, but certainly you can make a living from it. And my first website was about that game. I had a little e-commerce shop selling cards and I had a forum and I made a bit of money. So it was my first experience online. Uh, the dot-com boom was happening at the time and then the bubble burst. So I was overexposed to internet businesses. I loved all that stuff. I wanted to do something bigger. So I started a proofreading company, which is my, my next business. That's the one I took over, or I should say I, I focused on 100% after graduation of my degree. And uh, it became my full-time income source. It was a great lifestyle business. I basically forwarded emails between editors and international students who were writing essays at English-speaking universities. And I acted as the middleman connecting those two groups. And it was an hour or two a day of work, made a full-time income, had a lot of spare time, consequently a lot of time to think and sort of try other things as an entrepreneur. You know, you're always thinking of new ideas. Uh, and eventually in 2004, someone said, you should start a blog. It's great for traffic. Google was ascending at the time as the big search engine. So I thought, you know what? I don't know what blogs are, but I'll give it a go and see if I can <laughs> learn them. Bearing in mind 2004, 10 years ago. And uh, I installed a proofreading blog essentially on this proofreading business, really boring subject, crashed and burned within three months because I just didn't care about that topic. But I noticed I, I liked this blogging thing, in particular, telling stories about being an entrepreneur and about my business. So that's when I registered entrepreneurs-journey.com, January 2005, meant to be a hobby. I was going to tell stories from my previous sort of seven or eight years of having the card game business, having the proofreading company, all the different other things I had done as an entrepreneur. And also to continue to chronicle, it was uh, truly an entrepreneur's journey and, and what blogging is all about. I was journaling my story, my experiences, my thoughts. And surprisingly, an audience showed up. Uh, maybe a bit of benefit of good timing there. You know, I did happen to you know, jump on the, the blogging bandwagon at the start. Uh, my blog eventually became uh, as big an earner as my proofreading company, but I was loving blogging. So I actually sold off everything else to focus 100% on blogging, which then eventually led me to, I guess you might call it traditional internet marketing, direct response marketing, email marketing, which I combined with blogging and started becoming essentially an information marketer. So I started creating information products, courses, e-guides, uh, group coaching, teaching other people how to make money with blogs, in particular following that sort of lifestyle model, trying mm. not to create a business that's so big that you have no free time, getting high leverage, but finding the sweet spot where you're enjoying what you're doing and also making good money. And that's pretty much what I do today, although I'm 
sort of veering more towards pure sales funnel information publishing where I used to do more advertising and affiliate marketing. Today, it's really all about a blog combined with an email marketing sales funnel selling digital products and services. And that pretty much brings you up to where I am today. Love it. Good. Well, I'm glad that you've painted that picture because it does give an overview of your experience, which is pretty broad, as we were saying before we hit the record button. And I'm also glad that you touched on email at the end, because it seems to me that you've kind of built this lifestyle business really on you know, a pretty sort of core group, a core audience and a very dedicated sort of email list following. Would that be the case? And if so, kind of what tips have you got for developing and nurturing an email list? Yeah, it's definitely a, a symbiosis of the blog and the email list. The Certainly where the money comes from, but yeah. it wouldn't exist without the blog. I really see it as like a linear flow you know, the blog is attracting the attention. I get my traffic from the blog. You know, it's coming from search engine. It's coming from social, hitting the blog, joining the email list. The email list is more focused. You know, it's giving dedicated information to solve specific problems. And I segment my lists. I have various email courses and various free reports that lead into relevant products. You know, it, it's, it is linear. I do like that. I love the fact that you can write about a specific subject in a blog post or maybe in a video or a podcast, which then connects with a specific email sequence, which you give away more targeted information, which then leads to a logical next step if they want to continue working with you to buy your product. And that's what you know a sales funnel is all about. That's the front end part of it. And that can be quite automated. You know, my my dream has always been, and I've been working towards this for a long time actually, to try and find the model that works. A situation where you can write once a week because you want to. You know, you, yeah. you enjoy blogging, you enjoy podcasting, you enjoy video, whatever it is, you enjoy exploring content ideas. And then you have this email selling machine behind the blog where people can opt in at any point in time. They get this evergreen content that teaches them something and then they buy your products. And also, you know, they go on to buy higher price products. So you can have, uh, you know, multiple six to even seven figure business that's quite elegant, quite simple, not necessarily requiring any employees. And you still get to do the fun part, which is, you know, jump on podcasts like this, teach people, speak on stage if you want to just sit there and sit in cafes and write blog posts, which is what I've spent most of my life doing in the last 10 years. And, uh, you know, it takes a bit of setting that up. That's the, the challenge here is all the content, all the emails you have to write, you know, the, the free information you give away, not to mention the products you create as well. So there's things you can do to speed up that process, but that's probably where I spend most of my time right now, product creation and email writing. Yeah, got it. Well, I mean, it's all that big, you know, heavy lifting at the start that has that payoff over and over and again. I guess it's that cliched example that all these internet marketers like to speak about of making money in your sleep. But it's it's kind of the model that you've gone down, right? I mean, you are now an information publisher. You have these systems in place that send out emails and follow people up on uh, auto response rules and all that sort of stuff while you can just be kicking your feet up on the beach, having a coffee in the local coffee shop or digging your teeth into some content writing that you really enjoy doing hey yeah and and you know we've all been exposed to that idea right i, I remember seeing that even before i was blogging because i was running these other companies that you know while they were lifestyle companies they weren't information publishing businesses and i did like the idea of selling my own creativity that's i think what drew me to blogging and and content publishing in general because there's something lovely as a, a creative person almost like an artist where you get 
paid for your work, for your yeah. writing, for your teaching, whatever it is. Um, the challenge, though, is it takes a while to figure out how to make this work in an evergreen automated way like you're talking about like I spent a lot of time doing launches in my early days of blogging and I've made most of my you know big success financially has come from launches but they were an evergreen they were things that you know, I had to do a sequence of messages that was manual. It was a point in time. I had to organize affiliates. It was something that I didn't set up to be evergreen. And I wasn't, you know, I felt I could do it, but I was so kind of hooked to the, the, the launch drug that I spent a couple of years just doing that. And I think that's what sort of showed me why evergreen is better because doing launches, you burn out. You can't keep doing that. You can't keep promoting to your list in the same way. You can't keep expecting affiliates to keep supporting you. So I've really been studying a lot of that sales funnel business model to to combine what's good about launches, but make it so it's not time dependent. So it isn't a launch, basically. It's launch techniques tapped into something that hopefully, fingers crossed, will still work next year, the year after, and it keeps helping people. And to do that, you have to sort of change the way you think about content production because, especially as a blogger, we often tend to spend a lot of time being uh, news reporters or you know mm-hmm. in-the-moment content, which is not evergreen. And that's a different blogging model. I, I did dabble in that, and I, I tried to sort of cover what was current. And that turns you into a reporter, which is nothing like running a an evergreen sales funnel business. It's essentially being a journalist and you're getting paid for, you know, having up-to-date content and delivering advertising, delivering page views, which makes money from advertising. So I had to change and sort of see myself more as creating content that isn't as um, time. It's not, not transient. It's, it's solid. It'll still have value in a year's time, in two years' time. And that's a, that's a shift in the way you produce content. And it's difficult to do in some industries. Like, I, I'd hate to try and do that in, for example, uh, search engine optimization. You know, that industry changes every week. Uh, well, tell me about that one. We, we try yeah. it. <laughs> exactly, right? So, it's a challenge, yeah. But if you're doing something like, um, losing weight or, Getting rid of acne, these are some of my clients' sort of subject areas, uh, book publishing, um, going like I've got a, a few guys who focus on sports, skiing, you know, these sorts of subjects, they, they talk about the fundamentals that, that don't really change. And, and that's nice when you're in an industry where you can do that. I've managed to do that in my space, although I can see already, you know, a good example, you, you could uh, feel this as well. I, wrote about Google authorship as a good SEO technique a few months ago, right? Before they went and just killed that whole process. And yeah. you know, that, that's in one of my products. And I was like, got to go change the product now. And, and that's, that's frustrating. So uh, there's definitely a, a mindset shift you have to make if you're thinking evergreen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad that we have touched on it, really how you came about this current sort of evergreen model, because you've dabbled right with advertising, you've done the big launch model, and I think you've probably done a few other things in between. So what are some of the pitfalls with the the other way of doing it versus kind of where you're at now? And then perhaps we'll sort of fast forward from there and really talk about the sort of mechanics of, of how you've got your system set up and what's involved in sort of producing an evergreen funnel as you've got right this moment? Well, I think a lot of it ties back into uh, personality types and your strengths. So what you personally want to do and how you want to spend your time married with the right business model to leverage that. You know, that's, that's really important. So there's a strategy and your own personal strength. So, you know, there was a time where 
I was following all the other bloggers, which was about writing lots of content to increase page views, to make more money from advertising. I was selling banners, basically. I also uh, started my email list, uh, and, and I was trying to get as many people onto that list as I could, thinking that that's how I'm going to you know, make more sales of affiliate products whenever there were other launches to promote, or even just you know, selling things like an email autoresponder or um, some other software or tool. And, and that's a model that can work. You know, if you don't want to create your own product, that's fine, but you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. Like Some people love to just review other people's products. Some people just want to report on the news and not really worry about uh, customer support, product delivery, setting up a membership area, all that sort of thing. Where my, I guess my evolution of desire, it's always been there, but I haven't, I've sort of danced around it and tried to solve it in different ways, has been that true lifestyle business with, I call it a, um, like a, 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 tr- a triune or a three three main things. It's almost religious, actually. <laughs> you know, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit here. But it, it's it's similar. It's been that important to me as an entrepreneur. And it's taken me my entire entrepreneurial career to get all three of them in alignment. So those things are, uh, number one is finding something that's obviously going to make enough money. That From the early days, that was actually the first goal, got to make money, right? Yeah. And then also... Beyond that, uh, not just survival money, but do can I reach a point where money is not an issue? So at, at the time when I first started, I saw $1,000 a day was actually my initial goal. I thought if I can make $1,000 a day, I can't spend that much money personally. So you know that's a, that was a lot of money, certainly as a 21-year-old kid. So that was my initial goal. Um, Secondarily, I wanted something that was highly leveraged. I didn't want 12-hour days. I, I noticed a lot of my entrepreneurial friends were doing long hours and uh, you know, people were running startups or they had all these clients and I was thinking, you know, it's great to make good money but if I have to basically spend my entire time in servitude to clients and sitting in an office and dealing with all these little fires popping up all the time, that's not the life I want to live. So the, that sort of four-hour work week or you know, a couple hours a day type of uh, lifestyle was what I was after. And then the third thing was actually the hardest thing to get right was finding something that I personally could see myself doing long term. So really finding a strength I could leverage to develop and get the personal satisfaction, which often it falls at the wayside because you're too busy trying to make money first. And then you're trying to work less because you're doing too many hours. And then finally, you can go, well, I'm making enough money and I'm not working too many hours, but do I actually want to do this for the rest of my life? Do I, you know, am I tapping into something that's a passion? So for me, I initially had businesses like my card game website, not enough money. I was passionate about it until I lost interest in the game. My proofreading company, good money, leveraged, only took an hour a day to manage it, but I didn't really care. I wasn't doing anything that it tapped into an inherent strength. Blogging initially looked good. I had something I cared about. I, I discovered I enjoyed writing and being a content creator. The money was initially okay, but it, it looked like there were some flaws in the sense that it, it might be hard to get leverage because if you have to sit there and write blog posts every day and you know do promotions and things like that to keep the money coming in, it felt like potentially a job. It could turn into one of those 12-hour-a-day situations. So I had to find a, a model that worked better, that there was a higher return on investment, higher margins. And that's when things like the 80-20 rule for me became really important. That's when I started studying email marketing. Then I started looking at how much leverage there was there compared to traditional blogging. And that allowed me to get the, the three rights. So once I had this sort of sales funnel business with the blog, 
the blogging taps into the thing I enjoy, the money's good, and because you're using a sales funnel, you are getting more time and it doesn't require much. Once it's set up and running, it's really 80-20. You focus on the 20% of things that give you 100% of the value, to be honest. You know, it's not really 80-20, it's probably 20-100. And um, that's that's worked, but it's been 15 years as an entrepreneur to find that combination that I, that I run with today. Yeah, it takes some fine, doesn't it? But I guess that's the journey, right? I mean, that's the that's the second part of your domain name coming true in your story. So it seems now you really, I mean, it really is an information business that you've got. Um, you're selling paid info products, I think, and you've got a, a sort of community on the, the back end and you've got this sort of evergreen funnel that's driving it at all. Tell us a little bit about what you're promoting, really how this sort of blog sales funnel, as you describe it, is set up. Well, it's... A traditional sales funnel. So it's nothing different from even before the internet where you have low priced front end products and then, you know, mid range products and higher priced products. And you're, you don't have as many people buying the high priced products, but your business is really run off that small group who buy everything you produce. The difference with what I've done is I've tapped on the blog at the top of it. So it's where the funnel begins. It's where I track my audience. It's where I build trust and credibility. So in principle, it's quite simple. You, you write a blog, you share information, you, you market the blog, you have to get out there and, you know, build your audience. And then you make uh, offers through opt-in lists, usual sort of thing. You can download a free report to get information, to solve a problem, to learn how to do something. Then there's a, an email sequence. Most of my sequences at the moment are between two weeks and a month, although I've got plans to do a, a couple of longer ones. But essentially, those sequences deliver information. And the beautiful thing is they actually deliver my blog posts. So I send people back to my blog posts, but they're all about the one subject. So for example, I've uh, had a bit of a, a side project of investing in websites, like buying and selling websites with the money I was making from blogging as an investment strategy. I don't do that now, but there was a period of time where I did it and uh, just got a crow throwing in some words there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're in Australia. Uh, so that um, was something that I felt was worth teaching as well. I knew how to buy and sell websites. I had some success stories to tell, and I'd written quite a few blog posts about it. So I decided to, let's create a product, let's have a front-end product, and let's have an email sequence, and basically an email course that points people back to the relevant blog posts on how to buy and sell websites as a, a passive income strategy that leads to selling a uh, round about $50 uh front-end product, bonuses and so on. And that's set up now automatically. So you can go to my blog, you can join that email course. I'll teach you the, the fundamentals of buying and selling websites as an investment strategy. If you want more information, you can buy the guide. And that ties into the products down the line. So if you're really serious about it, you might buy a blog and you want to grow it to something substantial, that's when you might invest in my flagship course, which is called Blog Mastermind. Obviously, it's a higher price. It's also more intensive. It's, it's some time with me as well. And uh, you know, it's that linear flow. That's what the funnel's about. And what I love about it is it allows you to service the people who benefit the most from you and make good money doing it. You know, The mm. people who do buy everything are getting a result. They wouldn't buy from you. They wouldn't want all the products down to the the higher um, intensive ones, the ones where you spend more time with them if they weren't really serious, really motivated and getting something in return. So I think it's a great model because part of it's automated. You can just keep selling, you know, these ebooks and courses and people can just, you know, stay at the front. But those who are serious are in the right situation, who are your best clients, 
it will find them automatically. That's what a funnel does. It isolates the best customers and allows you to do that automatically. So you do spend your time with the people who benefit most from your work. And, you know, there's nothing worse than being a teacher or an information product creator and having people who just don't get value from your content. So, you know, anything you can do to get the, the higher quality people to the best products you have, the better. And if it can be automated, then it's brilliant. So, uh, you know, that I haven't actually completed my funnel yet. I'm sort of halfway through building the big machine. The front is finished. I'm working on the middle and the back at the moment, but it's so far it is working quite well. And, uh, as I said, it's the most enjoyable model I've used so far. And, um, there's not many bloggers who do it very well. So, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of helping more bloggers, helping more experts and coaches and trainers uh, really use this model because I think it's the perfect model for anyone who is, uh, you know, authority, subject matter expert or a coach or a trainer or a speaker or an author because the blog is the platform. It's how they can build their email lists. They're natural content producers, so they're going to understand blogging and then they can build the machine behind it if they can just learn how to do effective email marketing and uh, create great products. So, uh, you know, it's a beautiful model for those types of people. Perfect. Well, let's talk about some specifics. The first question I want to ask you is around actually acquiring a subscriber. So what are you doing? You Do you have sort of generic offers or do you sort of go with a model where you've got sort of post-specific opt-ins that drive those people onto the list? What are you working with? Well, I when I decided to begin this process, I actually looked uh, into my archives. I was thinking, you know, I've already was blogging for I think a good um, maybe eight years, seven years before I decided to fully commit to this model. So I looked at my my, my I guess my strengths in terms of subject matter. So as I said, buying and selling websites, I had already had following in terms of people were searching for my content. It was showing up in Google. They're reading these articles that I already had. Uh, same with things like uh, mindset and productivity. And I also had one on traffic. And you know how people want to know about traffic. Everyone loves the subject of how to get traffic. I, I had a 90% finished e-guide on traffic that I just hadn't released. So it made sense as well to you know focus on that. I knew it would sell because, I, and, and frankly, as a teacher, you, you have to have something on traffic because everyone needs it. So those are the three things I decided to uh, test as my funnels, uh, one at a time, of course. And, you know, there's a lot to go into. I had some upsells, some back-end products that I wanted to be available straight away. But to answer your question, that's how I did it. So I identified existing needs in my audience based on where they're already going within my blog. And then I built funnels behind that. So I added specific opt-ins, specific email sequences. There's three email courses. The information's obviously targeted to each of those different funnels. And the way I get them onto it is essentially blog content. Like, now I don't do any paid advertising at the moment. I have done a bit before, but I've realized that I'm underutilizing the traffic I'm already getting from my blog. So I want to make sure I maximize that first and then I'll go back into paid. So, um, you know, it's the benefit of, of blogging. You, you do build an audience. If you do good blogging, which is what I've been doing for 10 years now, uh, you, you build this audience, you get search results, and it's targeted because each article is about a subject. You know, it's, it's classic long tail. So every blog post can have a targeted email sequence behind it. The trick is making sure you're picking the right ones because, you know, I could have probably 50 different sequences. I just can't make them all. There's, you know, it's too much, <laughs> too many, too many emails to be written. Maybe, 
uh, one day if I decide to go big and you know hire content creators, hire email writers, hire copywriters, and turn into something like uh, Agora, you know, the information publishing business, then I could have all those funnels, and that's probably the path to becoming uh, you know a, a, an eight-figure business. Not sure I'd want to do that because it would complicate things. I, I like simple elegance of you know a few core funnels, a simple blog that's me and a couple of contractors running it all. But um, to answer your question, blog content, that's, that's how I get people to opt in. And I think from what I've sort of read of, of how you've set things up, one of the sort of core concepts of, of what you're doing is what you describe as this sort of pillar article where you create a piece of content that is evergreen. It stands the test of time and it draws organic traffic in. So I'd love to ask you a question around that and just, well, just really uncover what your sort of process is for creating these core content pieces, researching them and then promoting them from your site. Yeah, pillar content is uh, something that really caught on as a term. I, I was quite surprised. I wrote about that many years ago, 2006, 2007. Uh, the way I describe pillar content, it's it's more about an outcome uh, as much as, as formats. You're, you're going for the outcome, which is a pillar outcome. And the reason why I use that label is when I was first creating my blog, I felt like I was building the pillars, which were these substantial blog posts that answered the most pressing questions that my audience had. And then the outcome is things like a rush of traffic to the, the posts. So nowadays, that would actually mean a lot of social media shares, a lot of people talking about your article and, and getting you know instant attention to it. And then the runoff effect down the line, of course, is all that link building brings in search traffic over time. And that's really important because you know I, I, you, it's nice to have a rush of traffic, but at the end of the day, if you want sustained audience growth without needing to constantly be producing new content, you need that search traffic coming in or some some way to bring in con- traffic from old content. So you know the first thing to do though is actually pick formats that work to create pillars. Um, sadly, there's no guarantee with this. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a hit and miss thing. You can pour your heart into an amazing article and it doesn't take off. And then you write something you felt that wasn't as big a deal and boom, everyone's sharing it. But you certainly can do things to encourage the effects of a pillar, which, you know, it's simple stuff. It's like, uh, you know, using formats like uh, breaking your content down with dot points and lists, um, writing pieces about definitions, you know, the core subjects, uh, the core topics in your subject, you know, defining them for the beginners. Uh, you know, if you're writing about SEO, what exactly is long tail, right? Definition piece and that in your own words. Um, things like how-to articles is obviously a staple pillar format. So teaching the steps visually. It's, it's about creating extreme value that taps into the actual raw need of your audience. To make this work, though, you have to know what the need of your audience is. So I actually teach my students now to certainly if you're just getting started, spend a lot of time understanding your audience first. Like you have to establish true empathy. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to actually be your audience. So if, if ideally you've gone through the process, you've solved the problem that you're now proposing to help people with, you will have true empathy because you've you've done it, you've experienced it. So, you know, if you've lost uh 10 pounds after having a baby and that's what you want to help other women do, that's true empathy. If you've gotten out of $100,000 in debt within 18 months, you know that's true empathy. You can help those people do that. 
And the empathy comes from knowing what it feels like. I mean, the feeling is the most important thing. You know the, the situations you experience. You know the language you use to describe your problem. It allows you to just be that much better uh, a content creator. So you can take all of that knowledge, that empathy, and put it into blog content and really solve people's problems. Uh, I think pillar content, one of the most, uh, the reason why it works is your you're actually giving a result before you even ask for anything in return. That's yeah. the best form of content. Uh, Jay Abraham talks about that. His concept is pre-selling. There's other guys like Eben Pagan talk about a concept called moving the free line, which is essentially, again, increasing the value you offer up front for free. And for me, I love Jay's concept of giving a result before they buy. If, they, if you do that, that's more likely to become a piece of pillar content, which in turn will get all those effects we want. So the, the viral distribution, the incoming links, the long-term search traffic, which then can tap into those email funnels. So you do have to build this in a logical order. And that's the area where I've had to develop my kind of knowledge and skills because no one taught this stuff to bloggers when I was growing up with blogging. So it's, it's something I've only really got full grasp of in the last two years now that I've properly been implementing it. And that gives you the power to see the right order to build this in because back when I started, you sort of threw blog posts at the wall and hoped the traffic would come. And then once they showed up, you just sort of hoped by putting advertising on, you'd make money. There's a lot of hope involved. And nowadays, you can completely flip it around. You can do research. You can set up funnels first, but you can do it quickly. You can make sure the content you produce is very targeted, hits on the, the, the pain points that your audience has from day one. Be focused, be linear, solve problems, and much quicker build that traction and start making money, which is something that I certainly couldn't do at the speed that I think you can do it now uh, when you know how to do it. I think you touched on a very good point. You can now, you know, assure the likelihood of your success to a much greater degree because there's tools out there that help give you that analysis, right? I mean, there's various SEO tools, things like BuzzSumo will tell you exactly what types of content in your market is actually driving results for people. And if you can just see what is working within those pieces of content, adopt them to your own scenario, then you've got a pretty good strong likelihood of success yourself, eh? Exactly. And, and even making the conscious choice to go and find the answers to those questions, whether it's using tools like that or even having a conversation with your target audience or observing behavior online. That's one of my favorite ways to do it is just see where the, the, the people are flowing and, and what they're responding to because the answers are on the internet already. People's yeah. behaviors are, are being tracked. They're, they're openly showing you what they like because they, they share it on social media. They leave tons of comments. They, they buy stuff. And if they buy stuff, they're pretty motivated. So, uh, you know, the answers are out there. Yeah. Now, I know you're a big believer, as we all should be, in content distribution. What strategies have you got to get your content published in front of other people's audiences? Well, you know, there's so many different ways to do it. Uh, you know, my, my favorite way is get famous. <laughs> because <laughs> Once you become a big fish in a small pond, people will automatically invite you to share your content. So what do we do? Get ourselves on American Idol or what, what's, the, <laughs> what's the story? <laughs> well, if that's your market, then why not? You know, seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the thing with um, any sort of marketing today, I think I call it getting published. To me, that is what online marketing is today. Uh, ironically enough, that's nothing new because that's what PR has been about since you know old school business uses PR. It's all about getting your name, getting your content onto other platforms, whether it's getting yourself interviewed on a podcast, appearing on someone's popular YouTube channel, getting your article written on another popular blog, 
someone with a large social media following circulating your content. All of this is about your content circulating on other people's platforms. My opinion and my strategy to, especially if you're new, to get that outcome is to actually spend a lot of time on the packaging of your message. So this is where people often struggle because if you're going out there trying to get that effect, trying to get other people to share your content, and you sound just like everyone else, no one's going to pay attention to you. If you're just another person who's doing weight loss, you're just another person who's doing uh, a dieting or another person who's doing even make money online or SEO or whatever your subject is, unless there's something about the way you deliver your message that makes, makes people go, wow, I want to know, you're not going to get that result and you won't be able to start building that fame that you need, which is really about traction and you know momentum because one interview tends to lead to another one, which leads to another one. You, you kind of, once you get mm. successful, it's easier to get more successful. It's always hardest at the start. So for me, the, the best marketing technique I've heard of in a long time is uh, one that Rich Sheffrin uh, taught to me, which is called counterintuitive marketing, which is simply looking at whatever the accepted practices are in your industry today and finding a way to have a counterintuitive message to present to people. Uh, his example is quite simple. If you're teaching weight loss, imagine you go into the weight loss industry and you say, I have a way to lose weight where you actually eat more food and do less exercise. Now, that's counterintuitive to what people accept as the practice to lose weight. You're accepted that you're supposed to do more exercise and you're supposed to eat less. This guy is saying you do the opposite. So that immediately cuts through the noise. You sound different to everyone. And people want to know. There's a curiosity angle there. How does this work? How can you do that? Now, obviously, you have to be able to back it up. There has to be validation and credibility to the claims you're making. But usually, you can find some sort of angle, some sort of story that you've got in your own experience or maybe with your clients that can be turned into a counterintuitive angle. And that's where you need to spend time because if the better a message you wrap what you're doing in, and then if you go out and try and get this coverage on other people's websites to bring traffic back to you, the more likely you're going to get a yes when that message is compelling, when it is different, when it is counterintuitive. And that's the challenge. And this is where people don't spend enough time. They just sort of think, well, I know how to get traffic. I'm just going to go tell people that I'm good at getting traffic and they'll want to interview me. Mm. Everyone says that if they're traffic builders. You need to say, well, you know, I've got a way of getting traffic where you don't need any links. And it's like, what? How do you do that? So you, know, you need that, that sort of special message. And, and that's where you should spend the time to begin with. Then it's just good old-fashioned hard work, knocking on doors, building relationships, and you know, pushing that message out there and start building some traction. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think we should leave it on that point to be respectful uh, for your time and to our listeners and not to keep you from your, the free time, which I'm sure you're enjoying today, being a uh, lifestyle entrepreneur. So uh, let's wrap things up and send people off to somewhere online where they can find out a little bit more about you. I'm sure entrepreneurs-journey.com is one place. Anywhere else we should connect with you online? Yeah, uh, well, I tell people to uh, Google my name, Y-A-R-O. I'm going for the uh, Oprah or the Madonna one name <laughs> fame. Uh, and that's if you Google that, I'll be the first result. And I, I recommend if you like what I'm saying here, you can uh, download my free report, The Blog Profits Blueprint, where I sort of cover a lot of what we've been talking about in this interview in, in more depth. And it's free.
Awesome. So to you, the listener, I'll make sure the link to the uh, the resource there, you know, Yarrow sites, and uh, um, you've always got Google to rely on as well, are also mentioned in the show notes for this episode. So head on over to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 57, where you'll find all of those listed. So so thank you to you, Yarrow. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, didn't get to anywhere near everything that I'd like to have done on today's interview because there's so much to cover, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed today's session and uh, maybe we can do it again sometime soon love to thank you james so there you have it that was yarrow starak and that almost rounds out another episode of traffic jam now if you've enjoyed what you've learned in this episode and want to discover more blog traffic strategies head on over to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 57 where you can download six easy ways to build traffic to your blog it's half a dozen actionable traffic building strategies from Yaro Starak with notes from me. So go visit trafficjamcast.com forward slash 57. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number 57. Grab your bonus traffic training and also join in on the discussion for this episode. Now, if you've not done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the Traffic Jam podcast by clicking through to trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes or trafficjamcast.com forward slash Stitcher and hit the subscribe button. Now, join me back here for episode 58, where we'll be joined by the founder and CTO of Portage. It's going to be a cracking episode and you'll not want to miss it. Now we end episode 58 with a Yarrow Starak chosen traffic jam. It's called Pulsar by the trance DJ and producer Armin van Buren. So enjoy the track and I'll see you back here real soon.
You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.